0: In the words of Public Enemies Chuck D, bring the noise for the fifth element podcast network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this this is what's good. Hope everybody's having a good week. I'm 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 in I'm in a funk right now, and it's nothing like big, but my earphones died the other day, and I'm using replacements at the moment. As soon as I start recording this right now, the the the, it doesn't feel crisp anymore. It don't feel crisp anymore. I don't know what it is, but these earphones are whack, whack, super whack. I I sound so weird on here. I sound tinny for in my ears right now. It's probably it's you know it's not going to sound any different to you guys, but I sound tinny recording myself right now. (laughs) It's it's actually absurd. But anyway, um, other than that, I am okay. I've had a good week. I'm not going to lie. It's been it's been an okay week. Uh, A lot of travelling. Uh, just uh traveled to uh, Leeds to see Nao, it was amazing. Uh, went to Lincoln to see my boy David. Shout out to David and his gang up in Lincoln Uni, <sighs> so it's not a bad place actually. Not bad, not a bad place here and there. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, overall has been a good week, and uh, again, hope you all had a good week. So, formalities got the email, got the Twitter, got the IG, got the Facebook, it's all there in the description box below. The 5thelement.org.uk for everything Element and for also the links to this show, which will come as we go. So, in a week where UK councils, or England councils, demanded £1 billion for sprinklers and all their tower blocks, in a week where Trump takes a semi-reveal of the Mueller report as a W, and goes on a victory lap, uh, the European Parliament passed it, uh, pa- passed it, <laughs> passed the uh, Article 13, and also 1.5 million people spanning Mozambique, Zimbabwe, and Malawi were affected by the cyclone. They die. We start with sports, and we're talking about the Montenegro England game. And you know, you, you, if you you know you know what I'm going to talk about, right? It's, I'm not talking about the game. I I, I you know, the the, the game was 5-1, decent game, you know, it's great, another another five, another five goal drop in, it's, it's all good on that side, but we're talking about the race abuse suffered, well, uh, taken by some England players, most notably Raheem Sterling, Callum hudson uh Danny Rose. So Montenegro faced a partial stadium closure over the incidents, UEFA, uh, and uh, in this, uh, Guardian article by Dominic Fifield, uh, UEFA president decrees uh, racist abuse a disaster during the England game. So let's get into it. UEFA's president Alexander Seferin, has described uh, the racist abuse directed at England's players uh, Pod- Podgorica as a disaster, with Montenegro now facing a partial closure of their stadium for the next Euro 2020 qualifying tie. The, disc- the governing body opened formal disciplinary di- proceedings against the Montenegrins. On Tuesday morning, having received his delegate report from the game, as well as complaint from the Football Association Association, uh, and testimonies, testimonies from independent observers, Danny Rose had been subjected to monkey chants following his booking for a foul on Alexander B, B, Boljevic in stoppage time at the end of the England 5-1 win. Chelsea winger Callum Hudson-Odoi later confirmed he and Rose heard supporters quote saying monkey stuff. During the first half, with Hame Sterling, who led the calls for a ground closure, making a point of cupping his ears towards the most vociferous uh, section of the home support after scoring the fifth goal. Some of the players' families, including those of Jadon Sancho and Declan Rice, were sitting behind some home behind the home dugout, and had complained about the f- abuse towards stewards. With one local fan apologising to only to continue his abuse of those on a pitch. The England manager Gareth Southgate. Suggested post-match that UEFA delegate had already been aware of the chance, with the FA describing the abuse as quite abhorrent and quite unacceptable. It's a disaster," said Sefrim. while attending the European Club Association uh, General Assembly in Amsterdam. quote "I cannot say any more because it is now a matter for our disciplinary committee, but I cannot believe these people still exist." Let's put a pin in that quote. Uh, Under Article 14 of UEFA's disciplinary regulations, the minimum sanction to be imposed would would be the partial closure of the stadium if Montenegro are found guilty by UEFA's Control Ethics and Disciplinary Commission on the 16th of May. That will most likely come into effect uh, at the Euro 2020 qualifier against Kosovo in June. The governing body also charged the Montenegrins with setting off fireworks, crowd disturbances, blocking stairways and throwing objects. Coutinho had retrieved a cigarette lighter thrown onto the pitch after Sterling's celebration of the visitors' fifth goal. Now this continues on, uh, you know. Politicians, Theresa May actually made a made a quote about it. You know, football against racism in Europe. Talking about it, there's a lot of people talking about it, and you know, rightly so because this is a problem. And you know the they said the a partial closure of the stadium for their next game is, you know, protocol if they get, you know, rightly done for it, that is so, so unsatisfactory as a punishment, that is so unsatisfactory, like, a partial closure, what, what does that, what does that teach? what does that teach some of you can't go to the game it'll be harder to buy tickets that's all it says it'll just be harder to buy tickets or harder to lock down some tickets anyway tickets number ticket numbers it's, it's just a damage to tw- uh, to ticket numbers that's all it is like what was? what is the what is the end game here there isn't one you know it's good that we have these organisations that you know kick it out and racism uh, against racism and football you know all these organisations about racism and football it's all well and good right but what's the point if punishments aren't significant and there's no you know actual ramifications it's not that's not that's not a that's that's not a punishment I'm sorry ticket num shutting shutting off some tickets I see it you're shutting down some seats that ain't nothing that is not anyth- that's nothing that really is not nothing and how many games is that the one game for Kosovo so a game against Kosovo that will most likely be irrelevant in the grand scheme of things Shut down half of that stadium and what racism over what what was what is the end game here? You know what I mean. The only thing I can think of as a possible solution is to ban Montenegro from the whole qualifying. Now that that is that is severe enough because this is a severe issue. Okay, let's not make any. That's not that's not around. Let's not be around the bush, right? This is a significant issue. This ain't the first time Raheem has been abused, racially abused in a game. It probably ain't been the first time for Callum Hudson-Odoi or Danny Rose. It probably ain't been the first time, let's be real, okay? Actually, um, you know, completely off-tangent, but um, uh, DeMarcus Cousins of the uh, NBA, you know, he, he's he been called the N-word sometimes by fans. This is a problem. This is not just a football problem, it is also a basketball problem. It's a world, it's, a, it's, it's anywhere with black players is a problem. And staying stay away from Arsenal. I'm going to keep it in football, but yeah, it's still a problem, huge problem. And the only way a significant punishment is to ban Montenegro from the whole of qualifying, no chance to get in the Euros, no games at all. Who whoever they face gets a forfeit of three points. It don't ma- They they do not deserve it. They do not deserve this. They do not deserve another game. If this is how fans are going to act, this is not this is not this is this ain't right that ain't right cutting off tickets cutting off tickets who the f- who cares about tickets man seriously what's what's that gonna do nothing absolutely nothing if you really want if you if you really 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 want to make an impact right say blanket statement if we catch any fans from in cigarette lighters. Monkey chants, throwing bananas, any of that BS, any of that. You are banned. You know what? I would like I would lighten it, right? If it was like an, an isolated incident, right? A couple of fans, like for example, the Chelsea game from a, a few months ago to Raheem, them free fans. Okay, ban them free fans for life, right? Okay. And you know this is only a you know. A set qualifying thing. It's 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 a, it's a finite number of games. You know, it's not like a league, so to speak. If it was Premier League or any league, uh, European league, it, the rules will probably be different as it pertains to this kind of thing, right? You'd have to target certain fans and ban them for life. Fine, good, right? But this is this se- this seemed like a whole section of a of a of a fan fan base. It seems like a whole section, right? Either ban that whole section, or ban the whole ban the whole fan base, ban the whole team. But if you really want to make a statement, like you, could, those are those are light ones. Those are light ones. If I if if was if, if it was me, Montenegro ain't playing no, another game in the Euros in the Euro qualifying. They ain't playing another game. That is the message they have to send. If your fans are going to do that, your fans don't actually. You know what? I'll I'll give you another one. Right? Another alternative. No fans in the stadium. You can play the games. You can play the games if you want. No fans in the stadium. A completely neutral site at that point. That's 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 the punishment. That 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 is a punishment. That is a punishment, right? This cutting off half the part, closure of the stadium, doesn't mean nothing. It doesn't do anything. You need to do something that makes an impact. It needs to make an impact, right? So you either cut off the whole ban the whole section. Just get a just make sure you have a recording of all the sections. If you don't, then it obviously won't work. But if you don't, if you if you have a log of all the people that were in that section and throwing them racist chants, the, uh, Raheem and uh, Callum Hudson Doy and Danny Rose, right? Ban them all. Ban them all, right? You could do that. You can shut off the whole stadium for the rest of the qualifying, no fans. Or you can go to the right extreme. And you can cut off Montenegro football from the entire Euro qualifying. Those are the only three po- actual punishments that would actually make an actual dent. Those are the three that will make a dent, right? This park closure thing does nothing, will do nothing, and you know, I wanna, I wanna, like, you know, just a minor point. I'm wondering where all the players have come like all the players need to talk. all the players need to talk right We need Harry Kane to talk we need Eric Dyer to talk, Pickford to talk don't matter right We need all the white players as well as as well as the black players to talk. We need all of the team to talk send out a statement. all the team send out a statement individually because that shows that people ain't messing. Right? Having the black players talk into an echo chamber basically is nothing. You need all everyone to talk. Everybody to talk. It doesn't work if none if if only three of you talk. No matter what colour, it doesn't matter, but you know, if there's only three of you, what's the point? The whole team needs to make a statement. The whole team needs to make a statement and to make a push for something that would actually punish Montenegro football and their fans, especially their fans, that needs to ch- that needs to change, right? And there's also quite a quote here saying, um, "Montenegro Football Federation released a statement saying it has always been committed to partnering with international football organizations against to to fights against all types of discrimination on the ground." Outside, we have not had any previous case of religious, gender, or racial discrimination at the matches of our national team in a multicultural and multi-ethnic society such as Montenegro. There is no place for such behaviour. Okay, well, in that case, I hope you wouldn't mind if you shut off all fans from the from the game, or cut off the whole section and ban them for life. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping you you agree with that one that that one then. If that's the case, hopefully, something needs to be done about that. Seriously, 2019 still happening. I don't know. Anyway, let's get into some film and TV. It's a bit lighter. A uh, bit of business, a bit of film business. Uh, Disney tops Hollywood hierarchy, closing the 21st Century Fox deal. Now, this deal has obviously been in the water for years, constantly being talked about, and it's finally closed, it Is finally done. Disney has 21st Century Fox, okay? Now, don't get it twisted, this isn't, you know, a complete monopoly. You may think it is. But this is more a preparation to. This is more foresight to fight against, you know, streaming giants, uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and uh, now Apple apparently uh, doing their own thing. You know, this is this is all a. You know, it's a power grab. It is a power grab. That's basically what it is, right? This is by Mark Sweeney, uh, business correspondent for the Guardian. Disney closes £71 which is £54 billion, acquisition of Rupert Murdoch's 21st Century Fox film and entertainment assets this week, bringing The Simpsons, Star Wars, and The Avengers under one roof. Just think of that. Just think of that sentence right there. The Simpsons, Star Wars, and The Avengers under one roof. It's absurd. Absurd, bro. Uh, The deal combines Disney film studios, ABC broadcasting network and theme parks with Fox's film and TV studios and the FX and National Geographic broadcast networks. It confirms Disney's position at the top of the Hollywood hierarchy, but also represents a fight back against the technology industry and the upheaval caused by its forays into the entertainment business through Netflix and Amazon in particular. Here are six changes to expect from the Disney Fox deal. So, Disney's iron grip on Hollywood will be extended. Disney's deal will enable it to take control of, of the 104 year old 20th Century Fox, the uh, biggest change in Hollywood landscape since MGM's demise in 1980. In the 1980s, uh, Disney has a remarkable array of film production talent, which includes three powerhouses in Toy Story, Maker Pixar, Lucasfilm, Home of Star Wars, and All Conquering Marvel, which made Iron Man, Black Panther, and the Avengers series. Fox's film division, fresh off an Oscar haul from the Freddie Mercury biopic Bohemian Rhapsody, will add valuable franchises such as the X-Men universe, Avatar, Deadpool and the Kingsman series. As a result, the so-called Big Six of Hollywood Studios is now down to five, and and the already dominant Disney will extend its box office power. Disney took a market-leading 26% share of 12 billion US box office last year, while also dominating globally. Overnight, this has jumped to 36% after the Fox takeover. By comparison, its closest competitor, Warner Brothers, had a 16% share last year. So that's 20% more in the overall share. That is absurd. Uh, Expect fewer X-Men as the Marvel uh, as the Marvel team comes together. So this is this is the main one that people were talking about, you know, the fact that X Men is now coming to Disney. we Are gonna get X Men in the Avengers series? Ah, that's basically what people were talking about. But let's let's have a chat about that. So, when Disney's deal to buy Fox was uh, first announced, Marvel fans rejoiced at the prospect of most of the Marvel universe being brought back together for the first time in almost three decades. Chunks of fr- rights to franchises, including X Men and the Fantastic Four have been sold off, uh, had been sold off to different studios where Marvel hit hard times in the 1990s. The Disney deal has brought them back into the Marvel Studios fold, but now the on-screen future of Fox-owned properties is far from clear. Ryan Reynolds' vehicle Deadpool is expected to be the only straightforward switch from X-Men World to Disney, according to Disney's chief Bob Iger. Disney has inherited two upcoming X-Men films from Fox Dark, Fox's Dark Phoenix, uh, which will launch on seventh of June, and the New Mutants, which is scheduled for a August second release. After the departure of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine and, uh, and Logan, there could be a hiatus in X Men Fair until twenty twenty one or later. So, yeah, we're gonna. If, if you want another X Men, which I'm kind of in that uh, in that pie, you know, I read. Slight tangent. I keep forgetting how much I actually really enjoy X Men. Like as it just as a whole thing. Like I enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. the whole story behind it. The just origins of some of the characters. Some of my favourite superheroes are in the X Men. Like I actually, I constant I constantly forget that, and I don't know why. But I just when I when I see him again, I'm just like, God, he's a boss. These are really, these are really boss uh, uh, characters, honestly. Anyway. Uh, next point, perhaps in chain, a change in Disney Marvel's front Disney Marvel front line. When Marvel sold the rights to some of its biggest assets in the nineteen nineties, hived off its then biggest names, which at the time included franchises such as X Men and Spider Man. Much of what Marvel retained was considered to then to be B list superheroes like Iron Man, Captain America. In the hands of Disney, which made the surprise purchase of Marvel for four billion in two thousand nine, they became box office gold. But with Chris Evans retiring as uh, Captain America, well, he actually didn't say he's retiring, so, you know, typo, Uh, and with Robert Downey Jr. looking increasingly old as Iron Man, damn, that's a a shot, increasingly older, aging Iron Man, (laughs) there will have to be a new guard. Uh, Successor new Captain Marvel film starring Brie Larson has already flagged up one successor, while the pipeline includes a standalone Black Widow venture and a film based on the Kung Fu master Shang-Chi, and uh, for all the uncertainty of X Men, the new guard on that team could supply some names too. Hollywood's workforce will shrink. Now, this is a this is a very inside Hollywood kind of a, a point, but let's get into it. Regardless, Disney promised investors that synergies from the seventy one billion dollar deal would result in two billion cost in cost savings. That means job cuts. Disney is taking on fi- <laughs> well fifteen thousand four hundred Fox employees globally. As part of the deal, and has promised to hit its savings target over two years, with the U.S. in line first, and that means uh, and that means Hollywood will be at the centre of the changes. Reports have put the cuts at between four thousand and ten thousand. You know, those they, aren't small. That, that's not really a small margin, is it? Four to ten k. What the hell? Uh, with with Fox staff braced to bear the brunt of the losses. So, you know, know, that's that's always something, you know, worth thinking about. You know, we we do gush over stuff like this when, you know, Disney has Marvel, Uh, Disney has Fox now, you know, X-Men could come through. But we actually forget, you know, job-wise is kind of a damaging thing. Like with all mergers, let's be real. All mergers have job cuts and, you know, people fall by the wayside. So as exciting it might sound, sometimes it is just it's just not good for some people, you know, some people do, they always, some people always lose their jobs over these kind of things, every time when there's a merger, you know, nobody, there's no point having two of the same person, you know what I mean, you're gonna have to cut some people off, and that's, that's a, that's a reality every time these kind of mergers happen, and, you know, it's the same here, uh, and, uh, a couple more, uh, uh, glue, new global streaming service to rival Netflix. Ah, oh, yes, the Disney, the Disney streaming thing, okay. Disney's move for Fox was driven by the need to bulk up the con- in the contest with the streaming giants embodied by Netflix, threatening traditional media players. Rupert Murdoch put 20 of 1st Century Fox's entertainment assets up for sale after acknowledging that he didn't have the global scale to compete, having previously failed to take over Time Warner to achieve that goal. Disney's $71 billion have brought a wealth of content and the ability to challenge Netflix's global heft with a streaming giant of his own. From X-Men to Avatar uh, to the Oscar-winning Fox Searchlight unit behind films including The Shape of War, three billboards and a favorite, and TV shows spanning The Simpsons, This Is Us, and classics including MASH and 24. Throw in Disney+, fare from Marvel, Star Wars, and Pixar, and the company's hope and, and the company hopes the service, which will launch later this year, will be quote, cheaper than Netflix and will protect its businesses in a viewing age increasingly dominated by streaming services. That is another thing that is, can't, there's, you know, a major player in this kind of thing, you know. Talking about um, talking about streaming services, and obviously that was part of the main title of this, you know, the reason why they're doing this, is because of streaming. Netflix is big, Amazon Prime is getting bigger, Apple is now getting into the game. You know, that that was announced this week, so... That's three right there. And, you know, you throw in Hulu in America. You can throw in Britbox, which is now a thing, I think. Uh, I think uh, BBC and Channel 4 are trying to do that now. So, you know, everyone's... Try- what was it, ITV? BBC and ITV? I think it's BBC and ITV, I don't know. Obviously Channel 5 all four and BBC iPlayer, I don't know. Anyway, so, you know, these are these are things that everyone's trying to, you know, get their, get their, uh, get their piece of land, basically. You know, just going... Alright, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. Alright, you—if you want to watch this, you have to come to my shop. You have to come to my streaming service. You know, this is the problem. This is a fear with Netflix. You know, the top—the top things that I watch on Netflix are things that they have bought. The rights of they have bought. You know, Friends, The Office in America anyway. You know, it's, you know, big big shows that are owned by other companies but have obviously been loaned out because they don't have a streaming service. So why not? You know, take the money. If you want to watch that, go watch it. But now the, you know, it's, the Simpsons are going to obviously probably most likely will be streamed on the Disney thing through um, a, a Fox subsidiary, maybe. I don't know how that's going to work. But, you know, Netflix ain't going to get that no more because Disney have it now. So, you know, it's, it's something that Disney have to, well, Disney and Netflix have to think about when they acquire assets, you know. Uh, well, Netflix isn't a is a giant from a streaming standpoint, but obviously they're not Disney. And Disney is obviously more a conglomerate, more of like a you know bigger, for lack of a better phrase, a big ass business. You know what I mean? So they can acquire these kind of things in order to combat what Netflix is doing. Netflix is kind of the little engine that could in that kind of way, and it has been coulding you know for for a while, and have absolutely dominate that that uh you know the online online share kind of online market share so to speak. Uh, so you know, something that Disney is also preparing for and has been preparing for for a while. So we we will wait to see what that Disney streaming service has, how much it will cost, uh, and yeah, that's something worth it's something definitely worth thinking about. And uh, <laughs> the last one is uh, more Fox News, but I, I, does anyone care about that? No, nobody cares about Fox News. Okay, <laughs> let's be let's be real. Let's keep it let's keep it a hundred. Nobody cares about Fox News. All right, let's continue. Um, where are we at next? So we are going to talk about. Let's talk about. Um, I don't know whether to. You know what? I'm gonna end it like because I keep ending it on a, you know, a kind of roughish note. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go halfway through and uh, go for go for this one. This is the life segment. MEPs pass a watershed resolution Calling for action against racism Now, you know, I could be talking about Article 13, I could be talking About that, and I did mention it at the start Of the show, that's why I, I I'm trying to do that now, you know For things I Well, either can't talk about because I only have Four segments, and I can't fit everything in i try and just mention it at least Just so, I don't know Maybe, Maybe you guys forget about it And just, you know, feel like looking it up you know, if you want to look up the cyclone in Africa, please go look it up. You know, I don't say these things just to, just for you know, for for listening fodder. You know, <laughs> not not listening to pad time. Then it's so you can you know know what to look up for this week. Uh, you know, just just to get your brains moving. Anyway, so this is this is kind of an underrepresented story uh, in my mind. This is why it can't, partly why I didn't talk about uh, didn't talk about Uncle thirteen and death because we all know what's going what's happening there. I want to talk about this. So this is a, this is basically a call for action. If anything, uh, it's not like an official vote. But let's get into it. This is by uh, Jennifer Rankin of the Guardian. Uh, the European Parliament has called for action to tackle the structural racism facing millions of Europeans of African descent in an ap- unprecedented resolution that was overwhelmingly approved by MEPs. The resolution calls on European Union member states to develop national anti-racism strategies. To deal with discrimination in education, health, housing, poly- uh, policing, the justice system, and politics. Although non-binding, you know that's that's the that's the, that's a very big thing. You know the fact that you know it's 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 a mutual agreement. You know it's a it's a said agreement. It's, a, it's not it's not a full-on vote that they have to do these things, but hopefully they do. Uh, although non-binding, campaign groups hail the resolution as a watershed moment. Because it's the first time the Parliament has focused specifically on the discrimination facing uh, by an estimated 15 million people of African descent. The text was approved by 535 MEPs with 80 votes against uh, and 44 uh, abstentions. Abstentions? Is that a word? Abstentions? Okay. I know what it means, but I didn't realise that's how you say it. Abstentions. Abstentions. Weird. Phonetics, eh? Um, yeah, so <laughs> I want to know who those 80 people are, you know, and the 44 people who didn't vote. Like, why would you not vote? I don't know. Anyway, we know who those 80 people are. Uh, the resolution was crafted by the British Labour MEP Claude Morais, uh, and is uh, based on the experiences of Italian Socialist MEP Cecile Kiyang, Ki- uh, apologies if I said it wrong. Uh, who experienced a torrent of racist abuse when she was in? Uh, w- she was Italy's first black government minister. It calls on the European Commission to fund programs to support uh, so pe- people of African descent in the EU's next seven-year budget and set up a dedicated team to focus on quote Afrophobia. It also calls on member states to declassify their colonial archives and consider some form of reparations. Wow, that's interesting that is very interesting you know cuz I, I you know i cover well cover uh, i keep up with american politics and one thing that's going on right now is the uh, conversation about reparations and obviously there's been a long 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 going long a long time ongoing conversation and uh, rightly so and i'm still waiting for the day that britain even acknowledges the crimes of their past regard um, regardless i mean if they you know talk about ref- reparations that'll be a friggin miracle but you know for britain at this point they need to talk they need to at least acknowledge the crimes done you know let alone talk about reparations so they they're way far behind on the game anyway uh, you know the fact that they're considering some form of reparations that's a quote that is you know that is so fascinating to me and so you know again a watershed moment the fact that they are considering it is you know may, you know i'm probably being too hopeful here but the fact that the conversation is happening the dialogue is happening the dialogue the dialogue alone makes me happy because if you continue to have a dialogue then something will happen sooner or later when people are constantly silent that is when it's a problem britain has a problem of being silent and at least the EU are talking about it. As long as there's a, at least there's a dialogue, bare minimum. I appreciate that. Anyway, let's continue. Uh, some form of reparations for crimes of the colonial era, including public apologies and the rest, uh, resi- restitution? restitution restitution of artefacts. Why, why did I feel like I was five years old then? Restitution of artefacts from museums. Quote, some member states have taken steps towards meaningful and effective re- redress uh, for past injustices and crimes against humanity, bearing in mind their lasting impacts in the president, unquote, the resolution states. That is amazing. Uh, the EU institutions and other member states are called on to follow this example. Another quote, histories of injustices against Africans and people of African descent, including enslavement, forced labor, racial apartheid, massacre and genocides in the context of European colonialism and the transatlantic slave trade remain largely unrecognised and unaccounted for for a, an institutional level in EU member states, the text states. It also calls for the EU institutions to adopt a, quote, a workforce diversity and inclusion strategy, unquote, to redress the underrepresentation of black and minority ethnic officials. The EU civil service have been heavily influenced by the French bureaucratic tradition, which means data on race, ethnicity or religion is deemed contrary to equality. This meant the European Commission's last latest diversity strategy had no targets for promoting minority ethnic people, although it promised action to help women, disabled people, the LGB- LGBTI community and older employees. The resolution comes after the EU's Fundamental Rights Agency warned last year that black Europeans faced a quote a dire picture of discrimination in housing, the workplace, and everyday life. Black people in the UK were amongst least likely in the EU to report racial harassment, according to the survey, with highest level of offensive gestures, comments, and threats reported in Finland. Amel Yasef, the chair of the European Network Against Racism, said the vote was a historic watershed moment for the recognition of people of African descent in Europe, she added, quote, the European Parliament is leading the way and sending a signal to EU member states to tackle structural racism that prevents black people from being included in European society. The ball is now in their court. We need concrete action plans and specific measures now. And that is 100% agreement. And I am so glad, you know, I am reading this. Honestly, I am so glad right now. This, this makes me happy. This makes me happy, you know, because this is the progress that is needed this is the genuine widespread progress that is needed i never understand why people are so afraid of you know other cultures you know and obviously i'm, I'm not i'm not being naive i know why but it it does dumbfound me it really does dumbfound me sometimes and the fact that there's a te- you know there's a text and a call for action again the fact there is a dialogue makes me so happy about this and you know cautious optimism always but optimism nevertheless this is something that is you know steps these are steps you know, you can you can say, you know, you can subjectively say how big the steps are, you know, are they big steps in your mind, are they small steps in your mind. You know, regardless of what you think, they're steps forward regardless, and that is what matters. Step forward regardless, that is always what matters in my mind. A dialogue is forward. Acknowledgement is forward. A call to action is forward, and you know, you know, e- uh, the exit aside. Even years past, I still wonder where the UK is standing on this because I never hear anything about it. You know I'm hearing you know EU member states, and obviously again, exit aside. You know, Britain claims to be you know one of one the leaders of the European Union. And I'm, I'm. They, they never, they've, they've never at this point of a, uh, when, when it comes to this kind of stuff, they're never leading. It's, it's never, it's never, it's never a charge ho kind of forward. You know, I'm, I do wonder that sometimes about my country, um, as it pertains to these kind, of, as it pertains to these kind of things. And uh, you know, I can, I can, I can, you know, make assumptions as to why. Some can be factual, some can just be complete opinion. <laughs> but uh, the fact that this is happening makes me happy, and I hope we can have this conversation at a more, you know, boiled down level. Now, you know, the fact that it's, a, it's the EU's obviously one of the broadest of scopes. You know, the you know the fact that they all voted, what well, they all voted on it, and only what. About hundred and uh, what was it? Eighty and forty, something like that. Eighty and forty. Yeah, yeah about one hundred and twenty. Oh, there you go. 1844, and forty-four. There you go. Said no or abstained from this vote. That's that's major. Five hundred thirty-five to one hundred or something. That's major. That is a ma- that is a major step forward. And I, again, I think this is something that needs to be talked about from a you know a smallest perspective. a a UK government perspective, a county, a UK county perspective, a town council perspective, you know what I mean, just get, need to get smaller and smaller and smaller, that's how real change happens, you can start from the, it's great that it's starting from the top, but it needs to trickle down, it needs to trickle down, and... At some point, and I can't guarantee you. If this came down to the UK government, you know, trickling down to there to that level, they would—they'd probably like you know say something on it and then do nothing. You know, I <laughs> it, it, Grenfell Tower. you know, this is very random. In fact, I just brought this up, but you know, it, it is—it's with it's the reason. You know, when I think about these kind of things. It always brings me back to Grenfell Tower because that is the that is the not the probably not the first time in my life, but the the biggest one in my life where I was I was confirmed by actions of the Kensington Chelsea Council and also the UK government as a whole that they don't care about us. That was that was the that was the thing that I came away from that. And it's the thing I still hold and still come away from. What did I say at the start of the show? Councils have, UK, England councils have asked for £1 billion funding for sprinklers. Sprinklers. That shouldn't be a demand. That should be a necessity. You know? And, you know, to add the racial context to it. Grenfell is, you know, making no bones about it, is a racial issue. It's also a class issue. And going back to the EU thing, obviously more of a race I- race issue. Talking about people of, uh, black people of African descent, Europeans of African descent. There are many UK people of African descent. There's a major community, in and of uh, of UK residents of African descent, and. They need to be acknowledged. Their history needs to be acknowledged, and it's something that you know I kind of always want to talk about as much as I can. You know, something I want to talk about as much as I can. Something I want to learn about as much as I can. And I hope you guys feel the same way. Obviously, might not be as passionate as I am, but or maybe more passionate than me, and and that's great. But if you ain't at least acknowledge it. At least acknowledge it. That's that's the bare minimum. That is the bare minimum acknowledgement. Going back to that um, uh, white supremacy pyramid that I did, uh, the I think it was last episode. You know, that's uh, you know, ignoring and you know not, uh, you know, claiming feigning in feigning innocence and being ignorant about these things. That's not that's that's bad. That's bad for all of us. So you know, as, as long as you guys acknowledge. These kind of things, and and hopefully continue the dialogue. That is the most necessary thing at this point in my mind. So let's move on to the last topic of this week. Uh, talking about Dr. Dre. Uh, we all know Dr. Dre, but his uh, daughter recently got into USC, University of Southern California, and. Let's just let's just say that he he basically epitomised the uh, the 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 popular saying going around right now called a uh, weird flex, but okay, that's basically what this whole thing is. It's a weird flex, but alright then. So this is what he did. So he uh, he basically posted a picture. Where it was him and his daughter, and she was holding like a you know my guy accepted letter, acceptance letter to USC, and you know we'll get into the main story uh, in a in a second, but you know the uh, you know the recent story in America that uh, there was some admission scandals and you know people paying universities to get their children into school on scholarship or whatever, and just you know basically pay to. Uh, put their child in into university. So he basically made a joke on that. And let's get let but let's, let's get into the um article itself. So this is by Sam Wolfson of the Guardian. Uh, yeah. So Doctor Dre has never been afraid to rap his own praises. Claimed on 2015's Medicine Man, for example, that his return to making son material after a short hiatus was quote a sign of revelation. So it's no surprise that like most proud parents, he enjoys boasting about his kids too. Yesterday, he posted a photo of his daughter, truly young, uh, truly, like, truly, truly, really, truly, truly, uh, posing with her USC acceptance letter on Instagram. He captioned it, quote, my daughter got accepted into USC all on her own. No jail time. The jail time was a reference to the recent college admission scandal in which a number of wealthy parents, including desperate housewives, actor Felicity Huffman, pay thousands of dollars to generate fake SAT scores and athletic achievements for their children so they could get into prestigious colleges. Many of those charged are likely to serve custodial sentences. Fans were quick to point out that while Young did not cheat on, uh, cheat on tests, her father did donate $70 million to USC in 2013. Dre and producer Jimmy IV made the joint donation so USC could create the Jimmy Iovine and Andre Young Academy for Arts, Technology and Business of Innovation. Andre Young is Dr. Dre's real name. By 2014, Dre's estimated net worth was 550 million, so the donation amounted to 12% of his overall wealth. He has since become considerably more wealthy after sending his Beast by Dre headphone brand to Apple. Dre was quick to delete the posts, but once uh, once followers started criticising him but many of his other posts on Instagram are now filled with critical comments accusing Dre of bribery. Of course, there is nothing to suggest Young's application wasn't entirely by the book and that her place wasn't awarded on merits, but perhaps Dre felt she would have an easier time applying to USC than anywhere else. In May 2018, Young posted to Instagram that her, da- uh, that her dad was, quote, pushing me to go to USC. Okay, so, yes. So it's, it's 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 a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Let's be let's be real. Like I get right. You know, I'm not a parent. Uh, I don't. I'm trying not to be. Trying not, trying not to be these days. Uh, you know, I'm not a parent, but I can understand. You know, the pridefulness and the proud attitude that you have when it comes to you know. Having your kid get into university, you know, I remember my parents were quite, uh, you know, quite happy, very happy about me getting to university, as I'm sure most of you guys, uh, guys' as parents were. And if your parents and you've, you know, taken somebody, got a kid in university, then I guess you're happy about that as well. You know, it's it's a life achievement that you know. Let's be real, not not everyone gets, you know, not everyone goes to university and that's just a fact of life and, you know, it's not a it's not an elitist thing in my mind. It's not really an elitist thing, you know, some some of the smartest people you know, some of the smartest people have never gone to university, you know what I mean? So it's not a it's not a prerequisite. It's not a, you know, a must. It's not a, an essential, you know, to go to university. It's cool to go to university, in my mind. I think everybody should have at least some experience in, in university life, I think it's, um, I think university life is very fascinating, but, you know, that aside, I get why, you know, Dre has been flexing a little, it's all good, you know, but, the, the no jail time thing was obviously a bit of a, a, bit of a misfire, you know, I'm sure that Truly Young got into their odd merit, and, you know, for a f- we don't know if she did or not, you know, and, but but I can see why I can see why Dre pushed her to go to UFC because you know if you if you got a freaking building named after you why would you say I right, go to go to NYU or you know go to Florida State you know why would you say that you're obviously gonna you're obviously gonna say I right, go to the go to the go to the place where I put billion the uh, millions uh, billions millions of money into. <laughs> and have a freaking building named after me. Go to that one. Of course, you're gonna say that. Go to that one. I would say that. Why would I not? Say, why would I not say to my kid, I, I've got this. Uh, go to this university because this is because it has my building uh, my name on it. My name on this building. You know why would you? Why would you not? And you know, there's obviously more things about more things there. You know, depending on what Miss Young wanted to do. You know, USC might not specialize in that it might not ha- might not be like that but obviously at this point she's gone to ufc and it's all good congratulations but again and i think this is um, you know i think this is a uh, something that we have to recognize <laughs> recognize you know in, in in the whole broader scope of it all of this right <clears throat> while not while you know uh, a percentage of people go to university you know while while there's only a ...you know, a min- uh, um, uh, a minority of people that go to university, right? It, it's not hard to get into university. It's, it's not hard. You know, it, it may be hard to get into, you know... ...Oxford or Cambridge, Harvard, Yale, Princeton... ...you know, the MIT, uh, LSE... ...you know, all them big academic schools. Yeah, I can see that. Top ten in the world schools, all of them lot. Okay, sure... I completely understand why that's hard to get into. You know, I think uh, I think like Harvard have a 3% acceptance rate. That's absurd. That's absurd. You know, that that's that's, that's prestigious. That's prestigious. And if you got into Harvard or like a Ivy League school or a Russell Group school, then, you know, you I think you'd have a right to flex, okay? But for me personally, you know, I I, I don't see getting into, you know, with all due respect to Southampton Southern University, <laughs> it wasn't hard, ladies and gentlemen, I needed only 240 UCAS points, you know, I know some of you don't know what UCAS points are, it's not many, (laughs) it's not many, I think I got double that to be honest, I I think I got like double that, so it was not hard for me to get into university, okay, it was not hard for me on merit to get into university, okay, you know, uh, so most of the most of the ones I applied to were actually like uh, you know just to uh, have this amount of UCAS points, and I already had it. I already had two hundred and forty over two hundred and forty uh, in my first year of sixth form. Not that's not a flex, but it is but it is what it is. You know, I I I was basically into university by the time I finished my first you know first of two years at sixth form. You know what I mean? So it really isn't hard to get into university. Let's let's be real, okay? you know, it's, it's a cool life achievement, it's a cool, it's a, you know, it's cool for parents to be prideful about that, but Dre, 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 it's, I mean, like, granted, I don't know about the American school system that much, but, but, it's, it's really not hard to get in a university, <laughs> it's, it's not hard, it's not hard, for, you know, um, for for some, anyway, for, for some universities, it really isn't hard, like I said, 240 UCAS points, it's not enough, it's not much it really isn't much, I actually, you know, I was so, once I saw those, right, once I was applying to university, right, and, you know, I had uh, the five, you, I had the five um, universities, icon lock, right, I picked my universities, right, uh, one of them, <laughs> one of them actually said, um, you need a C in maths, and quick side note, I did not get a C in maths in GCSE, right, I completely kicked that school to the curb. <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> I don't care. Nope. Not happening. You're gone. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> Once they gave me that conditional offer, and they were like, you need to see in maps. I was like, I ain't coming to you then. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> it's, I ain't going to waste your time. I ain't going to waste my time. I ain't coming. <laughs> it ain't happening. And the rest of them, and the rest of them were, you know, relatively simple. You know, like I said, Solon was two hundred forty UK points. Uh, I think a couple more was, you know, same same thing. Um, I think the one that asked for a C grade in math was, uh, I think it was Brighton. And yeah, I kick that, <laughs> I kick that shit to the curve, boy. I kick that shit to the curb, nooses. I, <laughs> you know I mean, so I don't know about. American education and you know how hard it is to get into university but from my experience and for some people you know as it pertains to like what university to go you go to most of the time it is not hard okay it really isn't that hard I get it if you were going to somewhere like Ivy League or Russell Group but in the grand scheme but in the grand scheme of things and for most universities you go to and for most courses you get into Ladies and gentlemen, it is not that hard to get into university. I am I am here to tell you, it's not that hard to get to university. So Dre, you know, you flex all you want, and you know it was a bit, it was a bit backwards, a bit, bit, bit backwards saying like no jail time, ha ha ha, it's funny, but yeah, you know, you, you you kind of just um, you 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 low key shot yourself in the foot there now. I don't know if the FBI or any of those are gonna like look into look into Dre's um, uh, Dre's daughter's uh, merits and you know add it to the admission scandal. I'm I'm sure I'm sure she's on merit. I'm sure she's on point. You know I'm I'm sure that's all fine. But I don't know why you're just putting that headline on yourself. You know, <laughs> it may have been funny at the time, but now he's the lead of the post. So some people are just I guess some people are just gonna go like. Ooh, I, I smell blood in the water, you know, and then, uh, you know, I'm going to abstain from that conversation because I don't know, y- you, no one knows, so, anyway, that has been What's Good for this week, a uh, nice 52, 53 minute one, you know, under an hour, finally, yeah, I try, I try and get that under an hour, but <laughs> sometimes it just stretches over, uh, but this is a nice, nice, a quick one in the grand scheme of things, obviously not quick in the... It's 55 minutes, kind of sense, but hey ho. Uh, so, yeah, that's been uh, what's good. I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed the episode. Again, if you want to contact me in any way, we've got the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and email, of course. If you want to hit me up on any of those, talking about any of these subjects or any subject you want me to talk about, or you want to come on and talk about a certain, certain subject, drop me like a voice note, like we did during International Women's Day, and just Talk, you know, talk about it. Not like a, it's on. I'm not starting up a voicemail or anything. But it'd be cool if you if you want to do that. By by all means, uh, participate if you want to. Uh, what else is there? Uh, nothing, nothing much. Um, Fifth Element Wise, uh, peep the on my block uh, review for season one. Uh, dropped that a couple of days ago. On my block season two, dropping in a couple of days. So hopefully next week I'll be able to drop a review for season two of on my block. Keep an eye out for that www.the5thelementfifthelement.org.uk for all the links you want uh, if you want to read any of the links I read during this episode it will be on the uh, on the fifth element uh, article version of this uh, episode I do it for every episode so if you want to peep those links uh, hit up the fifth element and uh, yeah that's pretty much it from the fifth element podcast network I have been Charlie Taylor this has been what's good Hope everybody has a good week. Take it easy.